In this age of digital and digital transformation, the role of the CIO is changing and is becoming even more important. And today we're speaking with the CIO of Logitech who really exemplifies this innovative digital CIO. I'm Michael Krigsman. I'm an industry analyst and the host of CXO Talk. I want to say a huge and heartfelt thank you to IPsoft. We are in their AI Experience Lab, and IPsoft is helping make CXO Talk possible. Massimo Rapparini is the CIO of Logitech, and Massimo, welcome. Thanks for having me again, Michael. Nice to see you. It's good to see you too. So Massimo, tell us about Logitech. Well, Logitech, I think everybody probably knows, is the PC peripherals company. Uh, we've been in this business over 35 years, and you know the products that you're probably familiar with are mice, keyboards, webcams, speakers, headsets, and those kind of things. But uh, in the last five to six years, we've actually expanded into other products that really connect people to the digital experiences that they care about. So that sounds pretty fancy, but what does it really mean? As an example, we make... Uh, uh, mobile music um, um, possible for people, so you can actually listen to music through, through our Bluetooth speakers. Uh, we've uh, video-enabled uh, huddle rooms and video conference rooms in different businesses. But we're also creating and crafting the, the sporting products that um, esports and gamers actually use these days uh, across the globe. So, you know, much, much richer portfolio than we were maybe like 10 years ago. Um, and uh, we're about a $2.5 billion business. Uh, we're in over 30 countries. You know, I think there's some interesting stats in terms of the sheer volume of the stuff that we do. We have about uh, 30 million products that we ship uh, pretty much every month in 100 different countries. Um, and um, you know, we, uh, we're about 7,000 employees across the globe, so a very global company. So what do you do as CIO? What do you do as CIO? Sounds fancy, <laughs> but what does a CIO actually do? Well, actually, so I'm responsible for uh, about 200 IT uh, professionals across the globe. and um, you know, really what I've been tasked with is uh, enabling business growth, which sounds also pretty fancy, but it's really about how do we actually implement a technology strategy that helps Logitech achieve its business goals and its growth trajectory. Um, um, you know, in terms of the, 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 the strategy and the focus, a lot of things that we do are around the digital, cloud, uh, machine learning, AI, but also more and more cybersecurity, of course. So um, there's pretty much um, every business uh, function that I touch across uh, Logitech, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more, I'm sure, about some of the examples of initiatives that we do. You mentioned innovation. Yeah. And I think historically there's been this tension between the CIO being responsible for efficiency right. and uh, this distinction relative to innovation. So maybe you can talk about that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think that's always still been, and I think it's still a bit the image of the CAO as the efficiency driver, right? The operational engine of the company. Uh, but realistic, if you look at technology, it's more and more become accessible, more pervasive. And I think it's transitioned the role of the CAO into also focusing on customer facing type of things, right? And technology implementations that actually help more the front office part of a business, and in our case, Logitech as well. Um, so I think, you know, that, that let's say, um, Tension between efficiency and innovation is still going to be there. I don't think it's transitioning from, you know, just purely doing innovation. But realistically, it's now a dual role. You need to balance the two. If I look at what we've done at Logitech, I think Logitech on purpose, we've embraced a uh, method of working such that we actually try to 
uh, eliminate waste from the system so where we can be efficient, uh, implement operational efficiencies and be operationally excellent, while at the same time reaping the benefits of those savings and applying them to innovate and create new products as an example or deliver better experiences for our customers. How do you merge that innovation side with the operational efficiency? Well, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, for a CIO, I think it's become almost a must, right? It's not really an option. And I think it's an expectation equally within Logitech, as an example, from my business peers, that I'm not just talking tech stuff, that I'm not just focusing on how do I cut costs from the system, but truly how do I help, the uh, help them implement the technology that really drives the things that they're trying to achieve. So if you're in sales and marketing, you're trying to deploy platforms that allow us to actually work with our uh, partners to deploy more products or sell more in different markets. Or if you're an engineering team, you're trying to uh, utilize cloud to actually uh, de develop new products, right? So those are all things that are expected. And I, I think it's, uh, it's a matter of, like I said, balancing one with the other, uh, but also trying to really keep pace with the pace of everybody else in the company. And how is this different from the CIO role historically? Well, you know, I think what's different is, like I said, the, the actual pervasiveness of the technology, right? And the way technology has now become something that is not just a, you know, for the geeks back in the, in the back office of the company. Um, if you look at mobile, if you look at personalizations, if you look at the increase of uh, online e-commerce and things like that, it's become something you and me in our daily lives really have to deal with every day and are seeing increasingly part of how we actually do or, or buy or, or do things together, right? And so I think that has changed the, the application of technology and has required the CAO to not just be focused on how do I keep the trains running, so to speak. Um, I think what, what's, um, um, what's been uh, also important in terms of a change is the fact that now other groups are really more savvy about technology because it's much more, much more accessible. You don't need to be an expert to implement a new or integrate a new e-commerce platform. So now it's, it's much more of a peer-to-peer -peer kind of dialogue versus an expert and, and an amateur, so to speak. This pervasiveness of technology, does it create a challenge or an opportunity for you as CIO? I think it's becoming more and more an opportunity. I think it's an exciting time to be a CIO. I think being cornered into a, you're just the operations guy, you're just the techie person that makes sure the Wi-Fi works is not really that compelling or ex exciting for anybody in the long term, right? So, um, so I think it's, a, it's an opportunity, and the opportunity really translates into multiple ways that you can actually contribute directly to the business. Uh, as an example, Logitech, whether it's the innovation of new products, it's the creating better experiences for our customers, it's actually improving the performance of our company altogether. All of these are new areas where, as a CIO, I'm asked to contribute directly. And, um, and I think that's, like I said, more and more of an opportunity. Obviously, it's uh, requiring somebody to not be faint at heart and be actually excited about um, you know, contributing at a faster pace. But I think it's all positive in terms of the importance and the relevance of the IT role. So the speed aspect is very important as well. Completely, and I think that's really reflecting the clock speed of not only the organization and the business that we're in, but the industry, right? And you probably heard of uh, you know, Jeffrey Moore, the author of the uh, Crossing the Chasm book. Um, he recently published a new book called uh, Zone to Win. And it's interesting there, he talks about how these S-curves of innovation are increasingly happening faster and faster, right? And um, that's just an observation. And what, what's the impact of that is really that 
organizations and companies are more and more needing to adapt and uh, respond to disruption at a faster and faster pace. Well, that pace means it's something that applies across the board, right? You can't, as an IT guy, opt out and say, you know, I'll keep going at the pace I used to go 20 years ago. And so, um, so I think it's a realization of that, and it's really reflecting the way not just Logitech, but a lot of the companies in this industry need to work at. Um, but it's also then, like I said, an opportunity really to make technology more relevant. When you talk about technology being more relevant, what does that mean for you? Yeah, I think examples we've done, you know, if you look at what we've done internally at Logitech, uh, as an example, um, I mentioned, you know, how uh, we've evolved into different product categories. So let's take video conferencing, video collaboration. It's now become, you know, almost 10% of our business. It's something that was nowhere before and um, is, is been growing at, you know, year over year, over 50 to 60% uh, growth rate in the last couple of years. That hasn't happened just by the sheer let's say implementation or, or deployment of you know, compelling products, but also by the way we've actually brought these products to market, which required platforms and online capabilities that IT has delivered, um, as well as the way we've actually embedded that in, into our own four walls and how do, have we made it part of how employee, our employees become more productive. So I think th those are all ways that you're actually then making real choices and real decisions and implementation of technology that impact directly the way uh, Logitech grows as a business. I know that being a change agent is very important to you. And so would you share some thoughts on that for us? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, you know, being a change agent for a CIO, I think is a golden opportunity because if I go back to Jeffrey Moore's uh, you know, um, uh, discussion about uh, zone to win, he talks about you know, as a company, you can innovate in multiple ways, right? And you always have the tension between kind of keeping and sustaining the stuff that's working well and trying to kind of break off and do something new. As an IT uh, group, what you can do is actually impact multiple places in the business um, that help all in terms of innovation, right? And so it could be strengthening the performance of the business that we have today, uh, creating environments that allow you to actually experiment and develop new products, or actually um, um, helping in terms of uh, really developing and innovating new products, right? And um, to do all of these, really as an IT team, you have uh, the opportunity to actually drive the change and be a, a, a leader of the change versus kind of being a recipient of some of these changes, right? And I think that for me, I'm passionate about it because if you are going to be passive about the change and more uh, undergo it instead of, you know, actually taking the lead, then you really get cornered very quickly into a role that you maybe didn't pick um, a lot of discussions about cost um, and really are trying to fight for relevance versus actually demonstrating the importance of what IT can do. To what extent is uh, digital driving these kind of changes in IT that well, you've been describing? Yeah, well, I think 100%, right? I mean, digital has created new markets, uh, new products altogether, even new users and new consumers, so to speak, right? So we live in a completely different world than we were 10 or 15 years ago. And the pace at which these changes are happening is also increasing. Um, so when you have that kind of environment uh, as an IT group and as a CAO, you can't necessarily sit back and just see what happens or what the impact is to your business, right? And I think digital as it exists overall in the world around us has meant that as an organization, we need to adapt and change. And has also meant that the IT function itself needs, needs to quickly adapt and change. Um, so it's, you know, it's, I think, uh, inevitable, and I think it's, like I said, I think it's a positive because it's really elevated the role of IT overall.
You mentioned that IT has to adapt and change. This certainly implies talent, hiring, retention of talent. How do you think about that? How do you manage that yeah. shift? Yeah, well, I think it's 100% uh, it's something that you need to rethink in terms of how you uh, run uh, internally, right? And if I look at, for instance, Logitech, a few years ago, we were very back office centric, uh, very heavy in terms of on-prem footprint of workloads that we used to run ourselves, and very actually heavily outsourced. Now, if you look back, if you look now, you know, a few years later, we're actually 70% or so of our workloads are in the cloud, so we're very cloud centric. Uh, the talent that we brought in is actually much more insourced and we actually have much more control over, I guess what I would call uh, people are more versatile, right? They can actually take on different roles and also adapt to where the business is going very quickly. Um, and, you know, overall we've, we've really transitioned into something that is a lot more dynamic and agile, right? And so I think it, it's something you do need to have a um, conscious and deliberate way of approaching differently. Um, but something that's also inevitable, right? And if you don't do it, you, you quickly become very irrelevant. How much change was required inside your IT organization to adopt these agile methods and just respond to the expectation of speed that users have from you, have yeah. towards you? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think some of that is natural change that, you know, as an example, just if you look at the type of employees that come into the company, with millennials and people that are more used to a whole different kind of world in terms of technology, you actually get the benefit of some of the changes by virtue of the different generations that are coming in. Uh, for some of the people that have maybe been in the industry longer and have been used to the you know, traditional kind of waterfall IT and what have you, um, I think uh, you have to manage that consciously. Also, so some of the things we did in the past 12 to 18 months is uh, focused uh, agile training and understanding kind of just the agile methodology. We've changed the structure of our organization to flatten it and also create more dynamic what we call squads, right? So, so teams that are assembled dynamically based on the business need of the project that we're running, but that can be quickly disbanded and reassembled into something different. Um, but so, so those are things, you know, so it's not something that happens overnight. I would definitely say it's a year or two years change for us, uh, but it's also something that we've consciously been driving with different initiatives. You know, where I mentioned earlier, kind of the clock speed is now where we have NPIs, new product introductions and launches maybe every six, nine months, right? So where it used to be maybe a year or two year type of cycle, right? And as we actually expand more categories, more brands, more products that we actually play in, then that pace, you know, gets somewhat exponentially increased, right? And so now all of a sudden you have a new Bluetooth speaker coming out, you have a new gaming keyboard coming out and all of that within maybe a few weeks time span of each other, right? And um, so that's just kind of what people see on the outside, but then on the inside, you know, everybody needs to be able to support that and operate at an even faster pace to be able to do that. So, um, you know, it, it's not all perfect, right? And a lot of things uh, need to be improved and we learn from them. But I think it's uh, reflecting the fact that that's just the way we have to operate to be competitive. What happens when you acquire companies? For example, you just acquired Blue Microphones, which yes. by the way is another company <laughs> whose products we recommend when we're doing our online shows. Well, I appreciate it. We'll, we'll definitely make you a, a, a uh, ambassador for Logitech, <laughs> uh, at, um, you know, just because of what you've been doing. But, but 100%, uh, you know, M&As are something that's really important, right? Because um, it's something that realistically tries to leverage the fact that you have expertise, you have brands that are really strong, and that we can 
easily, let's say, integrate within our company. Um, it's important that we're able to integrate them quickly. And it's a great example of a company that fits well into our portfolio. It supports our strategy in terms of having strong brands and being able to, again, go back to those digital experiences that we're trying to connect our consumers with. Um, and so uh, when we do these types of acquisitions for IT, it's another example of where we quickly need to understand how do we keep the things that are good about the company in terms of the brand, the products, the consumers, the, you know, the, the, the success that they have in terms of the growth that we've, we've been attracted to, while at the same time trying to find the efficiencies of the operations, right? And so that's a perfect example where I think by now, you know, we did Astro Gaming acquisition last year. We've done a few before then, and, and now we've done uh, uh, blue, uh, microphones. I think it's, it's become something that we're getting better at in terms of balancing the efficiency while maintaining the unique part of, uh, of what we acquire but also requires a pretty fast pace in terms of making that happen. You mentioned earlier that some of your work is customer facing. Please tell us about that. Yeah, yeah, no, it's interesting. And I think it's something that I expect more and more CIOs or IT teams to start evolving into, to taking on not just, let's say, the traditional technology aspect of IT, but also what is the maybe close business function that uh, benefits most from some of this technology that you could actually help shape and help be successful and, and, uh, and support the rest of the company strategy. So um, this year I've been asked to take on customer engagement, we call it our customer experience, which is really all about how do we provide the services and the support that uh, our uh, consumers and our customers expect from us to be able to actually um, benefit from the, uh, the products that they buy, right? And so um, I think the, the reason that's exciting for me is number one is you have to be very obsessed about expectations, right? If, if you're going to talk to customers, there's an expectation we set when we actually create brands. Right? If you're a blue microphone customer, if you're a Logitech G gaming customer, you have a brand identity and expectation that needs to also be reflected in the way you experience us when you call and say, I got a problem with my uh, gaming mouse or something, right? And so, so I think you need to be really obsessed about that expectation and matching it to the brand value. And then second, you really see the benefit, again, of technology and digital, right? There's such an opportunity. There's no function besides customer support that has as many touch points directly with customers as, as, as that function does, right? And so I think the opportunity there is to, how do you use digital to make these touch points really compelling, um, drive things like customer loyalty, uh, and help, like I said, really reinforce the identity of the brand that people actually bought the, the product for. So, so I think that's what's exciting. I think that's also where there is this somewhat intersection between you know, classic IT and digital platforms and more customer-facing type of functions. Why does this become, why does customer experience, customer engagement become an IT function as opposed to, say, uh, live inside marketing? Yeah, well, I think you could argue either way, right? And I'm not, uh, let's say, arguing that it has to be an IT function in our case. It went that way, and I think partly because it does reflect the fact that as an IT team, we've demonstrated leadership in terms of let's actually talk more about business than just purely about technology, right? And um, so that's, I think, just purely how, how that's played out. In our case, you could definitely argue it could also go with marketing. Marketing these days in our CMO is a perfect example where we partner very closely because that's also so much more digital than it used to be. Um, but I think the, the benefit of having IT and customer engagement together is not only these platforms and you know the, the rise of chatbots and AI you can apply in terms of the experience that you can provide, 
but also the fact that you can now benefit from similar, let's say, requirements around functions, right? How do you uh, really deliver services in, in ways that are customer friendly? Uh, how do you measure and you know, um, make sure you have discipline around performance management and delivering on customer expectations? So I think there's a lot of synergies there and benefits in terms of combining it. Um, and like I said, I think for an IT team, it's also an exciting way to actually change the way we, we operate. So it's really a matter of institutionalizing customer engagement and the right type of experience as opposed to just, well, we're all going to try really hard. Yes. Yeah, that, I don't think that will cut it exactly. But, uh, but for sure, there's a lot of things you need to, to put in place to make that happen. right? And, and I, I'm under no illusion that a Logitech or some of the other brands that we have today were the best in class, right? And there's a lot of work still to be done. Um, but also the consumer's expectations are changing, right? And that's partly why you also need to be really thinking about not just purely digital, um, but how are consumers and customers changing themselves? And what is their expectation in terms of the interactions that they have? You know, I think a great example is we talked about gaming and esports and how crazy it's, it's growing. You know, I think you, uh, I read something that said um, it doubled in terms of video game software sales in the last five years. You know, the likes of PlayStation subscriptions are over millions and millions of people. Uh, esports gamers are now going to, are expected to be you know bigger celebrities than the NBA players or something like that, right? So, so if you look at how that's evolved, it means that the people that actually are into those products are also, and we see that, expecting different interactions using platforms online like social, like Twitch and Steam, and you know looking at ways that they can copy configurations of gaming setups that others have with their products that they bought from Logitech. So, so there's a lot of in they say touch points and interactions that are completely changing in terms of the dynamics. And so if you have all that, and then let's say our customer engagement uh, capability is still simply, you know, give us a call and there'll be an agent that tries to walk you through three troubleshooting steps. It's not really matching and not as compelling as what you would expect in terms of that customer engagement. So, so we're looking at ways that, you know, can you actually change the type of agents that you interact with, the conversation that you're having, is it a chat online? Is it an in-app or what have you? Right? So, so I think there's a lot of changes there uh, as an example that we anticipate. So the proliferation of technology that's affecting internal expectations of you at the same time you are changing your customers' expectations because your customers are becoming much more sophisticated. Completely, yeah, and, and sophisticated, you know, different, uh, completely different dynamics and you know, different expectations. And, um, and I think what you, know, what you can learn from that and, and apply it inside, inside your four walls is that um, you need to not only be obsessed about those expectations, but also look at ways you can make experiences effortless, that you really focus on the, say, journey and the experiences that people uh, under, undergo when they actually interact with Logitech, uh, and really apply that internally as well in terms of people that work with us, right? And you work with or partner in, in, within the company. So, so yeah, I think there's benefits both ways, right? There's things you learn inside that you can apply outside and the other way around. Massimo, you mentioned, you've mentioned relevancy several times. So is relevancy a function of all of these things or is there some other dimension that drives relevancy of the CIO yeah. to the business? Yeah, well, for sure, all these things. I think relevance uh, has to start with leadership, right? And actually standing up and stepping up and uh, trying to influence the conversation into something besides just purely cost or things like around operational efficiencies. Um, but it's also, like I said, 
something that um, is mandatory in the environment that we're in, right? I think if you don't um, take up a role that's more than just purely, you know, running the email and the Wi-Fi, then what happens is other companies, and especially if you take digital natives, right? Take Uber or take uh, Facebook or Google. These companies apply technology second nature, right? It's like, like it's something that is assumed and it's everywhere and it's pervasive. And they have to, right? Because that's kind of what they've been uh, born into, right? As a digital native. And so as these companies in their IT shops uh, operate in a whole different way in terms of how they apply technology, if you don't do that, you're not only becoming as the IT team and as a CIO potentially irrelevant, but you're actually doing a big disservice to the company, right? You're actually allowing everybody else to run away with your lunch, right? And I think that's what the opportunities for an IT team and a CIO is to not just think about your own relevance, but how can you actually uh, boost what the competitive, um, let's say, uh, aspect is of your own company as well. As we finish up, I'm sure that there will be CIOs listening to this saying, yeah, this sounds great, this sounds great, but how do I do it? How do I start? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't know that I have the secret recipe, but um, I think there's a number of things that people sh can think about. And like I said, for me personally, I think uh, there's never been a better time to be a CIO, right? I think if you start with that mindset and uh, realize the fact that technology now plays such a prominent role that people actually will turn to you, and I, I, I don't think you necessarily need to make a lot of marketing effort to actually promote yourself, but people will turn to you more often to ask about how to make use of technology in a competitive way. I think that's the first step, right? Because then you can actually start observing and finding opportunities that you maybe didn't look for before. Um, the second is I think you need to also be clear for yourself what is the role that you're passionate about? Because some people, and I think some roles, and in some companies that may still be valid, um, if you know, the, the biggest value you bring is making sure you know, the servers are up and email doesn't go down and people are able to get to the cloud or what have you, then, then, and that's a valid role and that makes sense. I think if that's something you're passionate about, you should really focus on it. If, you, if you're gonna try to become something you're not passionate about, you should definitely rethink that. Uh, and I think the third piece is um, really understanding what the strategy is of your business, right? And in our case, at Logitech, we're building more and more products that have cloud built into it. have the uh, computer vision, uh, AI, machine learning, and, and all these different new technologies. And if that's what the business and the company is doing, um, you know, you'd be a fool not to try to actually contribute to that when you are an IT expert, right? And so understanding what the business is trying to achieve and being able to figure out how you can contribute, I think is the other piece. Okay, Massimo, thank you so much. Again, thank you so much to IPsoft for underwriting this series. We are in their AI experience lab in New York City. And IPsoft is literally making CXO talk possible. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, tell all your friends, and I hope you have a great day. Bye-bye. <laughs>